language and culture lovers. This is Jules, your host of the All Things Iceland podcast. Welcome to this week's episode. Today, I'm going to give you the inside scoop on what it is really like during winter in Iceland. I get asked a lot of questions about winter in Iceland, especially from friends and family who want to visit, or strangers that I randomly meet and tell that I live here. So I thought it would be helpful to share my experience. I've lived through two consecutive Icelandic winters, and hopefully I will live through many more. Even though every time I say I've lived through them, I feel like I'm talking about the apocalypse or something, but it really isn't that bad. Along with my experience, I've spoken with many Icelandic people who've lived here their whole lives, so I feel like I do have a good sense of what winter in Iceland is like. So let's start off, though, with how long winter is in this country. According to the Old Norse calendar, which was split up into two seasons, winter and summer, winter in Iceland is 26 weeks long, which is half the year. The first day of summer is the first Thursday after April 18th every year, which I feel like is a long-running joke in Iceland because the weather that day is usually sucky. So you have to take this, you know, 26 weeks long with a big grain of salt because officially in Iceland, summer starts in April. So uh, in my opinion, winter is much longer than 26 weeks long. I am actually putting together an episode about the Old Norse calendar because I find it so fascinating. For just now, you can, you know, think of winter starting on the Saturday that falls between October 21st and 27th and ending in April. The days get much darker, much faster around the end of October. In fact, we get about nine hours of daylight around that first day of winter, and it just rapidly decreases from there. If you're curious about the yearly sun graph for Iceland, I've included a link to it in the show notes. It's quite fascinating to see the drastic difference in daylight as you scroll between the winter and summer months. While it's true that winter is pretty long here, I think it's worth mentioning that it's not an endless span of long, dark, super cold and dreary days. Granted, there are days like that, but winter days in Iceland can vary. So you might be wondering, okay, then if that's the case, then what is winter like? Let's, let's delve into that. The country lucked out with its geographical position in the world According to Iceland's meteorological office, Iceland enjoys a much milder climate than its name and location adjacent to the Arctic Circle would imply. A branch of the Gulf Stream flows along the southern and western coast, greatly moderating the climate. However, this brings mild Atlantic air in contact with colder Arctic air resulting in a climate that is marked by frequent changes in weather and storminess. Furthermore, this leads to more rainfall in the southern and western part than in the northern part of the island. That is definitely the case. In Iceland, you'll find that there are lots of storms happening here, and it's hard to predict when the storm will come. It might be that within 24 hours, all of a sudden a storm shows up, It might be that a storm was supposed to come and then it went away, dissipated. So it's just lots of unknowns. There are lots of variables, I guess, that come into play. And because of the position of the island, it's not as cold, 
but there's there's so many drastic differences in what the weather can be on any any given day. Yes, you will find ice and snow in Iceland during the winter. In fact, around all year long, there's approximately 10% of the country that is covered in ice. But during the winter in places like Reykjavik or in the north, there there's usually snow on the ground or ice. And some people wear micro spikes on their shoes because you can easily injure yourself if you fall on the thick layer of ice that's covering the sidewalk. It is unfortunate that microspikes are usually thought of as things that elderly people wear here. And I'm not really sure why that's the case, but most people who are in their 50s and under, they are not too keen on wearing microspikes. And with it being dark and there could be black ice, a lot of people do fall and injure themselves. I've fallen a few times. That wasn't fun. Thankfully, I didn't really hurt myself. Uh, I have fallen into this idea, or at least taken to this idea of potentially not needing microspikes, which could be to my detriment in the future. But my idea about it is, you know, if you're coming to visit, better safe than sorry, especially if you're not used to having to kind of like almost skate on ice with just normal hiking boots. Snow during the winter in Iceland is welcomed, not only because it is beautiful to look at, but because it lightens up the dark nights. And I think that is something I learned when I got here because people would be like, oh, I wish it will snow. And I'm like, why? More snow means more ice, you know? And then they're like, no, watch, you'll see. And I remember when it first snowed, I think it was late December, or not first snowed, but it snowed heavily. That's during the darkest time. And it felt so bright out in comparison to when there was no snow on the ground. So there's definitely this idea of, or at least an appreciation for snow, more than for the fact that it's just beautiful. Even though there can be a decent amount of ice on the ground, the majority of the country rarely gets hit with super frigid temperatures. I know that might seem a little weird, especially since the country's name is Iceland, but the average temperature in Reykjavik during winter is around 0 degrees Celsius or 32 degrees Fahrenheit. That is pretty mild considering that Greenland is our neighbor. However, even with that mild temperature, Iceland really is the land of extremes. While you have 24-hour brightness in the summer, the winter daylight is short, as I'd mentioned before. And the shortest day of the year is December 21st. We'll get about four hours and seven minutes of daylight. That's it. Usually people are working during this time. So you might get to work around eight or nine. You don't see any daylight or brightness in the sky until around 11. And then at three o'clock, it's gone, which is pretty hard when you think about it because... You've been inside all day, possibly working, and if there are clouds or if it's stormy, then you might have not seen the sun at all. So that is a a really intense time. But thankfully, December is full of holiday celebrations. While the sky might be dark, there are Christmas lights decorating people's houses and lots of excitement about Christmas and the upcoming new year. The other upside to long, dark nights is that you can have a much better chance of seeing the northern lights. 
This natural phenomenon is caused by collisions between electrically charged particles from the sun that enter the Earth's atmosphere. The lights are seen above the magnetic poles of the northern and southern hemispheres. So Iceland's not the only place you can see it. You can also see it in the southern hemispheres. They are known as aurora borealis in the north and aurora australis in the south. The variations in the color of the northern lights, if you've ever seen pictures of them, or the southern lights for that matter, are due to the type of gas particles that are colliding. However, in Iceland, I feel like there's always this caveat because of the potential of storms or clouds that it's very possible that you might not see them on a trip even if you're here for a week. So just know that it isn't guaranteed, but it is quite fun to still go hunting for them. In Iceland, I think I'd mentioned that sometimes you might not see the sun for days because of these clouds or storms. During December, January, even into February, people have different ways of coping with the long, dark nights. I'm just going to go over some ways or tools that people use in order to cope with the long, dark nights. The first is a daylight lamp, which is super useful. I used it my first year, and I definitely felt the difference in my mood and ability to wake up when I got up in the morning, put on my daylight lamp, sat in front of it for a few minutes, and then just started my day. Another way of helping with coping during this time is to establish a routine. Now, this might sound like almost like a self-help for getting through winter, but these are tactics that people are using in Iceland because of the extreme amount of darkness that you're getting. So having a routine really helps. And for my second year, when I didn't use a daylight lamp, a routine that I think is the main reason why I was able to kind of not breeze through it, but for the most part, not really get stuck in thinking about how dark it is. So getting up, doing my workouts, working on this podcast, things like that, that made it so that my mind was occupied on positive things and activities that made me feel good. If you are a coffee drinker, you are in luck because you have lots of kindred spirits here in Iceland. Icelandic people love their coffee. And they take it quite seriously, how they brew it, how, what kinds of beans they're using, and all that jazz. I don't drink coffee, so I can't vouch for it. But just know that if you're coming to visit or want to live here and you love coffee, you're coming to a place in which you'll feel very at home. Icelandic people, as well as foreigners, like I do this as well, this next one, is that we like to escape to sunny and warm places during the winter just to kind of give ourselves a break from the long, dark nights. And I think this is super helpful. You get that vitamin D. You're also just enjoying warmer temperatures and places that you know have consistent sunlight. Doing outdoor activities is an awesome way of being able to cope with Icelandic long winter nights. And even though there can be lots of storms I mentioned before, skiing, snowshoeing, sledding, ice skating on frozen lakes, or even just walking around helps a lot. There is a big hot tub culture here in Iceland. It doesn't matter if it's winter or summer. And I have an episode coming up about the hot tub culture because I do find it pretty fascinating. In a crazy storm, if the 
pool is open, there are Icelandic people in the hot tub. It's hilarious to see them, like, their hair whipping around and frozen, just sitting there enjoying the tub and relaxing. Wearing appropriate clothing in any atmosphere is helpful, but especially here because of how much the weather varies. So being able to layer properly will make it so much easier to cope with the weather changes. It's not so much of coping with the long, dark nights, but I just think that in general, because winter is so long, that if you have the right clothing, you won't feel so grumpy about it. <laughs> it's, I've um, upgraded my clothing, and it, and it makes a huge difference. Another tactic that, that Icelandic people use for coping with the long nights is to make their homes super cozy. Iceland was ruled by the Danish people for 500 years. And I don't know if back then uh, Danish people were doing all this cozy stuff, but they're still heavily influenced by the Danes, mainly because Icelandic people go to visit, live, and study in Denmark. And so they've come back with these habits, or they've adopted these habits, of having lots of candles, wool blankets, and then just... Part of their food food culture is like hearty soups and meals, cured meats and things like that. Icelandic people also really love their candy and ice cream. So they're getting like these sugar spikes in the wintertime. And one really random thing is that Icelandic people love to go to the ice cream store in the winter, buy their ice cream, go out into their car and eat their ice cream in the car while the heat is running. I totally don't understand this. It seems absurd to me. In fact, I think it is kind of absurd, mainly because gas is so expensive in this country. But that's just another story. Lastly, Icelandic people do a lot of family gatherings. They're super family-oriented here, and it just feels like the biggest part of their social life is family events, birthday parties, you know, gatherings for holidays and all that jazz. So being a part of a family here definitely makes it easier to cope because there's always something going on, as well as like a decent amount of people have children. So there are those types of activities to do and just the need to get out and spend time together. So now that I've gone over how long I spent in winter is, how people cope with it, and even just during the, how varied the days can be during the winter, I'm going to move on to the random fact about Iceland. You might have noticed that in my ways of coping with long, dark winter nights here, I didn't mention anything about medication, such as antidepressants. And I did that on purpose because my random fact about Iceland centers around antidepressants. So in 2016... The Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, otherwise known as the OECD, looked into antidepressant use in 25 countries, and their findings revealed that 1 in 10 Icelandic people use antidepressants daily. That is a startling find, especially since Iceland has been ranking quite high on the World Happiness Report. I believe in 2017, Iceland ranked number 4. And it started to make me think, okay, what is considered happy or what factors are being considered when they talk about happiness in this report? So I looked 
much deeper into it. And the report is done by the United Nations Sustainable Development Solutions Network. The six most important factors that this organization, this network, takes into account when coming up with their ranking is the real GDP per capita of the country, healthy life expectancy at birth, freedom to make life choices, generosity, and perceptions of corruption. There are other factors, but these are considered the most important. So I think it's worth keeping in mind that when you think of happiness, or at least according to this report, it's not necessarily talking about mood or other factors that can come into play that might make it so that you feel that you need to be on antidepressants. As well as in Iceland, the mental health community and the perception around mental health is something, it's getting better, but there is still, I believe, not enough emphasis on people going to speak with psychologists and general practitioners are able to prescribe antidepressants. And I think they might be doing it a little bit too freely without taking further steps. But my husband actually is a psychologist, so I have a little bit of insight on this. He can obviously uh, share more, and maybe I'll have him come on and talk about that at some point. He is seeing that this arena is changing, but I thought that was a really random fact about Iceland in terms of the antidepressant use, and then in comparison with the fact that they're considered so happy according to this report. And if anyone else has ever wondered why there's this discrepancy, then hopefully that's helped you to under understand it better or at least have uh, more insight into it. All right, so now we're going to move on to the Icelandic word of the episode, which is glukkaveður. I'll say it slowly. Glukkaveður, which means window weather. And it's literally two words in Icelandic that have been combined. I really enjoy this word a lot. And the two words, glukka means window, veður means weather. It's a very popular word to use, especially in the wintertime, because you might look out your window, whether in your house or at work, and think, wow, it looks so beautiful outside. But you know that it might be negative five degrees Celsius, and you just don't want to be out there in that cold. So it's just beautiful weather to look out your window at rather than to be in. And Icelandic people use this word all the time in the winter. Now you know, glukkaveður is a popular word and you also know how to say it. If you have enjoyed this episode of All Things Iceland, please subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss an update. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, or any other platform that allows reviews, please leave a review. It's helpful to hear your feedback about the show, and it will also give useful information to other people who might be interested in listening. Okay, gott folk. Þakka þér kælegar fyrir að hlusta og sjáumst flotlega.